0: Creating cultural awareness and understanding. This is Culture Click. Culture Click is written and produced by KQAL-FM on the campus of Winona State University.
1: The bluffs around the Mississippi River in southeast Minnesota are a beautiful place to live. The bluff country is full of beautiful scenery and wildlife and is even home to some threatened species. And one of those species has been getting a lot of attention lately. That species is the timber rattlesnake there has been an increased number of reports of timber rattlers in the bluffs around Winona. So many, in fact, that the city of Winona held a public meeting with Minnesota DNR officials to discuss the issue. I spoke with non-game wildlife specialist Michael Warland from the Minnesota DNR to find out a little bit more about timber rattlers and what to do if you encounter one. I'm Bill Stoneberg with non-game wildlife specialist Michael Warland on Culture Click. So Mike, um, you know, there's been what seems to be an uptick in uh, rattlesnake sightings here around Winona, specifically around the Garvin Heights Bluffs area. Um, why is it that, that we're uh, having these reports now? Is there something going on that may be, um, you know, producing more snakes in that area or driving the snakes into that area or something
2: like that? Well, we, we don't have any evidence that the snake population has actually increased in in the Winona area. Uh, we a couple of factors that are happening. Number one, <clears throat> we think there's just more awareness by people, um, you know, through social media. More people are talking about it. The media, uh, you know, just what we're doing right now today. We're we're, we're making people more aware of rattlesnakes. Mm-hmm. And the second reason is is because of the heat we had earlier uh, this summer. I guess it is now what two three weeks ago. There was a spurt of calls. During that hot period, um, so the, the observations were particularly uh, at a high frequency during that period, and we think, well, we know that the rattlesnakes can be driven down from the bluffs where they where they usually hang out mm-hmm. because of uh, because the ground's basically getting too hot. You know, they're they're, they're cold-blooded animals, so they, they take on the temperature of their of their habitat, and and. Um, yeah, they can only take so much heat. If it gets too hot, they they will go seeking out cooler climates, which means they're moving more and maybe sometimes into people's backyards.
1: Right. I just want to say that uh, we had a meeting here in Winona, and, and you guys, the DNR, was there. A uh, lot of great information you guys uh, put out for everybody, um, and I would encourage anyone to go to your website as well. There's a lot of great info there. But I know you guys had mentioned something about... Um, uh, the wet weather driving the, the lowlander snakes up also. Um, you know, there's a lot of snakes that mimic rattlesnakes. Could that be part of this as well? or?
2: Absolutely. Uh, we, we know roughly about half of our calls, even there in the Winona area, are not rattlesnakes. They end up being, there's a couple of other species, uh, the fox snake and the bull snake, also sometimes called the gopher snake or maybe a corn snake. Um, they're two different species, but they both can mimic rattlesnakes. Fox snakes, in particular, uh, hang out quite often around people's uh, homes, and and uh, they can look kind of like a snake, a rattlesnake. They'll vib- vibrate their tail mm-hmm. uh, intentionally, mimicking the rattle of a fox snake, or I'm sorry, of a rattlesnake.
0: Mm-hmm.
2: So they, <clears throat> they're a common species that gets called in. Um, and and undoubtedly that's that's part of what's been happening. Yeah, we know the f- the flooding combined with the heat, kind of creates a restricted area that where the snakes are likely to be found, and sometimes that's around where people are living. Right. So yeah, their habitat was cut uh, for for two reasons, and um, that that may have been responsible. We think it probably was responsible for the uptick in calls that we, uh, or the uptick, uptick in concerns at least that we right. received.
1: Right now, is there an easy way to tell uh, these different snakes apart that mimic rattlesnakes? I mean, I was looking. You guys had a book that you passed out, and I was looking through it, and you know, I can tell the difference in the picture. But I think if I was actually out in the woods, you know, I don't know if I'd Mm -hmm. be able to tell the difference. Is there an easy way to tell?
2: It's not that easy. It's it it is a little tough. The fox snakes, which I think is you know, they're the more common ones that are confused with rattlesnakes. They'll have rectangular blotches on their on their back. Uh, the rattlesnake will have more of a—it's a—we call it a chevron. It's—it's it's almost more of a, a jagged stripe going across their back. Okay. They'll have a triangular-shaped head, whereas a fox snake, the head is really about the same diameter as the as the body. The fox snake tends to have tends to have kind of a rusty or or cinnamon-colored head. Uh, so if you see that, that's usually a giveaway that it's a fox snake. Okay. Again, yeah, the rattlesnake has rattles that that can be tricky. You usually got to get pretty close to see them. Mm-hmm. And the other, uh, the fox snake will rattle rattle its tail, mimicking a rattlesnake. So, right. Yeah, I I totally concede it's difficult in the real world to tell those species apart. Often we we encourage people if they're able to do so safely to get a to get a photo of the snake they're concerned about. Okay. And send it in to us, and like I said, a lot of the time we we find that they're actually looking at a fox snake, which is completely harmless.
1: Right, right. So, so would you say it'd be safe just to if you if you're not sure and just call it in anyway, or what should what should we do? Like, if I ran into one and I wasn't sure what it was, but it was rattling or mimicking a rattle at least, should I just go ahead and call it in anyway? Or
2: well, uh, to be clear, that when you come into a snake, even if if you're not sure it's a rattlesnake, mm-hmm. the best thing the best thing you can do the 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 the, the default option is to leave it alone. Okay. Uh, you don't need to do anything. Okay. Um, you know the, again these are protected species and uh, we want them to live as naturally as possible. Right. So <clears throat> if you're cons- if there's a and yeah just remember that if you leave it alone there's a good chance you're not going to see it again. Okay. Okay. And and regardless of what species it is,
1: right, right, and they are threatened, right? It is a threatened species. They're listed.
2: As, they're listed in Minnesota as a threatened animal.
1: Okay. Yes. Okay. And this, and uh, this area in Winona is it kind of unique that we have a population here, or is it kind of widespread throughout Minnesota?
2: It's it's only it's only common or no, it's never common, but it's only found in the um, the number of counties is going to escape me exactly, but. We're talking the extreme southeast corner of the state, basically, okay. in the, basically in the Bluff Country.
1: Right. Okay. okay.
2: So it's going to be in the Bluff Country. Um, Red Wing is probably about to, uh, getting close to the northern edge of its of its range, um, and so no, it's a, it's a very isolated area in the state. So yeah, if you're outside of that area, the chances of a rattlesnake are are sl- very slim to none. Okay.
1: Okay. So so if you're hiking the bluffs around here in Winona and you happen to hear. A rattle you know I, I remember at the at the meeting there was something about their uh, striking distance being mm. now correct me if I'm wrong was it two-thirds the length of their body or something like yeah
2: that? I, I would say that's a conservative you know a safe assumption okay so yeah if you're at least you know five or six feet away you're, you're you are safe
1: okay okay so maybe just continue hiking or turn around and yep just stay away from it absolutely oh. okay and then if if you do happen to get bit, or like, or you have a dog and you're hiking and, and the dog gets bit, or you think the dog may have gotten bit, um, what is the first thing you should do for a rattlesnake bite?
2: Well, the the first thing is to stay calm and and get get to one of the a hospital with antivenom as soon as you can. Okay. Um, we know that you know if you if you run, for example, you you're, you're you're pushing the toxin around your body, um, yeah. So the, the the safest, shortest route <laughs> to a vehicle, mm-hmm. to a friend, to a house, and then and then from there to the hospital. And it is treatable with with the antivenom. Uh, only select hospitals in the southeast part of the state have it. But of course, if you go someplace that doesn't have it, they they would be able to go. To one of the hospitals that do, and get it to you, um, hopefully in pretty short order. Okay. Okay. Yeah, so, I'm. I'm just. I'm not a, a medical professional of any kind when it comes to this subject. So it's right. um, just a very basic advice of getting to the hospital soon and 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 getting anti venom. Also, bear in mind that there is a certain proportion of bites where where there's no venom in, injected. Oh, okay. That it, I think it's something fairly significant, like up, uh, like up to a quarter. Oh, so there, there's always a chance you didn't get the venom. Uh, so just bear that in mind if you are if you are bit. Um. Also remember that other snakes do strike. It might even give you a bite that's not as severe or very, you know, painful. It won't damage tissue. Okay. But just because something strikes at you, remember, you know, bull snakes can strike. Fox snakes can strike and largely what they're doing is trying to convince you that they're a vicious predator and that you should leave them alone. Stay away. Okay. But it, but it's all an act, really. Right. So, yeah, always bear that in mind. It. I it, never <laughs> I've never talked to anybody directly that's been bitten by a rattlesnake, but my understanding is that there's there's not a lot of doubt when it happens, it's it's a painful it can be a painful bite. Okay. You know it when it happens. And then yeah, get to the hospital.
1: Okay. Okay. So basically try to stay as calm as you can and Get a medical attention as soon as possible. Then, right? That's right. Okay.
2: Yeah. And just and always bear in mind that it's it is it's it's rare. You know, we 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 haven't had a bite in Winona in the Winona area uh, that I'm aware of in the last twenty years, at least.
1: Oh, well, that's good news.
2: And uh, we've had, um, I think, as my colleague put it, there's 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 been one bite that we are aware of in the past several years in Minnesota that was you know, pure, uh, purely an accidental bite that wasn't brought on by somebody harassing a snake. Oh, okay. Um, so one bite where I think somebody was stepping into their barn and they accidentally shut the door on the snake and then the snake bit. But, um, so it's, it's, it's very rare. Yeah, these are, it's also important to reinforce that these are very docile, laid back animals generally. And they don't want anything to do to do with you. So
1: okay. So if you just leave them alone, they'll probably leave you alone, then, right? That's right. Okay. Okay. Well, that's good advice. That's good to know. And then, so are they mainly found just in the bluff areas here, or can they be found in you know outside of that as you go up, you know, um, across the prairie or anything like that? Will they will they be found in that area? Or? No.
2: No, okay. in Minnesota, it's it's going to be basically in the bluff area. The the kind of the uh, the periphery of the, bluff, of the bluff area, like here in Rochester. I would say there's always a remote possibility, but I think it's very unlikely. Right, okay.
1: And then, are they active like all day long in the summer, or do they become kind of slower, or, you know, when, when is the time that you may want to look out for them if you're out hiking in the woods?
2: Well, I would say any time. As the sun comes out and as it gets hotter, they are more likely to be uh, in the shade. Okay. Um, so, but otherwise, you know, otherwise, as far as time of day, there's always a possibility of running into them, uh, you know, a fairly remote possibility. And also, as far as time of year, they're overwintering, you know, starting in early to mid October and going through uh, probably going through March, if not in well into April. During that whole time frame, they're overwintering, and you're not going to see them. So.
1: Oh, okay, okay. So we don't have that far to go, really.
2: <laughs> right, um, right, that far. Is there,
1: so, you know, there's a lot of people around here that like to hike the bluffs. I mean, is there, like, protective clothing you can wear and things like that to prevent, you know, take extra measures? or?
2: Um, you know, unless you're really planning on handling snakes, um, which hopefully none of your listeners are. Right. There's, I would, I would say, the only thing you need to really think about is, is wearing long pants and and leather boots that go up. You know, they they there are snake chaps and snake boots and things like that. I don't think there's necessarily a good reason to go that far. You know, if you're hiking in the bluffs. Okay. They're, more important is to be aware of the possibility of, of timber rattlers. Okay. To be, always be thinking. You know, if you're step if you're stepping, especially off the path. And you're stepping over a log. You're going through a dense brush. You need to be thinking about rattlesnakes and be and just be aware. You know, listen for listening for that rattle. Looking on the ground. That that is the most important thing with these guys.
1: Right, right. And if they rattle, or even if they strike, they're probably trying to warn you. Right.
2: Yeah, so. the rattling certainly um, that is totally a warning. If they strike, then you are certainly too close, and right. it's probably more than just a warning. Uh, okay. Yeah.
1: So, if someone you know does see some t- a timber rattler in their neighborhood, you know maybe they see it more than once, uh, and they want to report it, uh, where should they go to report it? Is there a place online or a or a phone number they can call? How do they go about doing that?
2: In the Winona area, and I would say really throughout throughout the timber rattlesnakes range in in, in Minnesota, if if you see a rattlesnake, if it's if it's in your backyard, if you're concerned about safety. Uh, you can call your local dispatch, your county dispatch. Okay. And they should have a list of people that they can contact that can come help get that snake removed, possibly. Okay. And that would just be
1: your your local uh, non-emergency police number, right?
2: That's right, okay. non-emergency police number,
1: yes. Okay. Great. Um, and then make sure to take a picture of it as well, right?
2: If at all possible, to do so safely, take a photo. You know, before I ever remove a snake, I, I will probably want to see a photo, like I said, because if half the time they are not rattlesnakes. But okay. if, if at all possible, uh, and if it could, again, if it can be done so safely, a large trash can, like a 50-gallon trash can, mm-hmm. can be used to put over the snake so that it doesn't escape. Cause okay. By the time the responder gets there, it may very well be gone. Also, the landowner can take a, a, a garden hose with a nozzle, you know, a nozzle that has enough pressure to spray, but but not not like the kind of pressure would use to wash a car. Right. And they can use that kind of nozzle uh, to spray the snake, and you spray it in a in a way that pushes it a, away from you, and that that kind of experience can can totally convince the snake that it doesn't want to be there anymore.
1: Oh, okay. And then it might not come back, then, huh? And
2: then it might not come back. Oh, yeah.
1: Great. That is good advice. So does the DNR have resources like a website, or I know you guys had books that you passed out uh, where people can learn more about timber rattlesnakes and maybe be able to identify different types of snakes? Or,
2: Sure. Yeah, that that uh, booklet you're referring to is online, I think as a PDF document. Okay. Uh, I think it's called is it called The Snakes and Lizards of Minnesota. I think so. Anyway, if, if you search for, for DNR, um, Snakes and Lizards booklet, it would surely pop up then. Okay. Yeah, and, and there's, you know, if you searched for Minnesota Timber Rattlesnake, we have a page designated to talking about it. And, yeah, lots of resources online about Minnesota snakes for sure.
1: Okay, okay, sounds good. So really, uh, I think people should just be careful out there, it sounds like, and uh, keep your eyes open, your ears open, and uh, don't approach them, right, if you see them, just try Absolutely,
2: away. yep.
1: I've been here with Michael Warland, and he's the non-game wildlife specialist uh, f- with the DNR here in Minnesota. Uh, he's here talking with us about rattlesnakes today, just so people are aware of uh, how to handle a situation if you do run into a rattlesnake. So uh, thank you so much for joining us today, Michael.
2: Yeah, thank you. Appreciate your interest.
1: Thanks again to Minnesota DNR non-game wildlife specialist Michael Warland for joining us today on Culture Click. For more information about timber rattlers and what to do if you encounter one or even get bit by one, go to mndnr.gov and search timber rattlesnake. There is a lot of good information on the DNR's website that can help you out. To keep up on all things Winona and the surrounding area, tune in to Culture Click, Thursdays at 1230, right here on 89.5 KQAL. I'm Bill Stoneberg, and we've just heard from Minnesota DNR non-game wildlife specialist Michael Warland
0: on Culture Click. Creating cultural awareness and understanding. You've been listening to Culture Click. Support for Culture Click is made possible by the Minnesota Arts and Cultural Heritage Fund. Culture Click is produced by KQAL FM on the campus of Winona State University. For more information, look us up on the web at kqal.org. And thanks for listening to Culture Click.
1: you interested in all things Winona and the surrounding area? Find podcasts of Culture Click and all your favorite KQAL shows by going to kqal.org and looking for program archives under the media tab. Culture Click is made possible by a grant from the Minnesota Arts and Cultural Heritage Fund.